Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 3 of our startup series, where we're taking you behind the scenes at our very own Good Lawyer to show you the highs and the lows, the chaos and the camaraderie of running an early stage startup. Unlike many business podcasts out there, on this show you will not be hearing founders reminiscing about building their company several years after the fact. Rather, you are hearing the raw perspectives of entrepreneurs and founders who are currently engaged in the fight to gain traction and to survive and to thrive as a company. In part three, we have on Tom Alvarez, Chief Product Officer and Co-Founder at Good Lawyer. Tom takes us through the eclectic role of a CPO at a startup, discusses the importance of setting up and developing a strong brand, and sheds light on the importance of honest communication and trust when building products with co-founders. It was a pleasure to have Tom on the show, and we hope the issues discussed prove helpful to any of you looking to build your own product or company. On a final note, make sure you're keeping up to date on all things Good Lawyer by subscribing to our newsletter, which is a weekly summary of stories relevant to small business owners in Canada and also includes links to both our recent Good Lawyer webinars and our latest promotions. To sign up, simply visit our website at goodlawyer.ca and enter your email address in the sign up form. It's really that simple. Even I did it without screwing up, so you really have no excuse. All right, that is it for me. Please enjoy this week's episode with Goodler's CPO and co-founder, Tom Alvarez. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining me on a Saturday. I know uh, this is supposed to be probably a, a day off or, or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, do those exist in startups? Not I'm not really. too sure. I okay. Mean, Saturdays are you know, not for good lawyer. They're for the boys, but <laughs> the good lawyer boys. So. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Yeah. So I, you know, I know you like everyone else's. Uh, on the team is fairly busy. So why don't we just jump right in here? Let's let's start by getting you to give a brief description of your current role with the company and how you really became involved in Good Lawyer to begin with. So yeah, currently I'm the Chief Product Officer at Good Lawyer. So uh, what does that mean right now? Basically, I oversee everything that is product. So that means the brand, the app, uh, any branded materials for marketing, for sales. Uh, yeah, it's a big role. So there's a lot of like project management aspects to it. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of actual time designing stuff. There's a lot of time working with the dev guys like Parker and just like really figuring stuff out. So yeah, it is a very complex role. I think uh, Brett a couple of times has referred to me as the Swiss army knife. So uh, right. Yeah, a I multi -tool. definitely <laughs> yeah, a lot of copywriting. Yeah. I do. I do a lot of writing. Um, yeah, so a lot I, of stuff to do. I know your copywriting skills have gone from A to Z. <laughs> like you, you have done a lot over the last few years. Oh man, it's insane. Yeah, it's it's one thing I definitely did not anticipate running a startup, but like the sheer amount of content and copy <laughs> that like needs to get created yeah. for stuff is it's endless. Right, it's honestly endless. So and actually, what now that we're here, and I do want to get into the story here of how you became involved with Good Lawyer, but uh, you know, a chief product officer is a bit of a mystery position to some. Uh, you know, I think we actually had a discussion a couple of days ago. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what is it that you do here? Yeah. And obviously, I, I know you do a lot. Is this like, are you a a, a startup CPO or is this in a more defined organization would that be look a little bit different or is this always just sort of a, a bit of a, a multi-tool position 
Um, no, I think for sure in like a bigger organization, it's a lot more defined. There's right. a lot more of like a management aspect to it um, and really like leading the product uh, in ways that are going to drive growth and benefit the actual business. Um, I think you probably get your hands dirty a lot less in terms of like actually designing the stuff, actually getting in there and like writing the copy. So like right, right now it's like I'm kind of like the manager and the the labor so right <laughs> kind of doing a bit of both right now but uh yeah i think definitely as the as the company grows and stuff the role of the the chief product mm-hmm. officer definitely moves away from the actual uh, it'll get a bit, a bit more defined yeah i think so oh, for oh, that's sure. good I'm, I'm happy for you for that for, for that eventuality <laughs> thank you so so yeah how so how'd this all begin for you then yeah so i mean i can give you the the long version or the short version um, give me the long and if it's terrible i'll just cut <laughs> Yeah, it's quite a sob story. So, uh, no, it's uh, so I actually used to be an engineer. So I did uh, mechanical engineering school at the UFC. Um, I graduated when I was 21. I shipped off to Fort Mac. I worked in Fort Mac on an oil sand site for about nine months and moved back to Calgary. And I was working uh, at a different, a much larger EPC company. Uh, here in Calgary for about another two years and a little bit and uh, yeah I just was really not feeling like job satisfaction I I felt like the work I was doing was not really like valuable yeah um, if that makes sense like sure. I just didn't feel like I was contributing to to the world I lived in and especially, a spoke in the wheel exactly <laughs> yeah. you know I was just a like you said you know a, a cog in the wheel and it was like even the work I was doing you know I was like designing turbine pumps that were in a little like gas from compression plant <laughs> up in like that wasn't the satisfying. north of BC it's like, yeah exactly it's like, you know I had no like tangible you know optics on what my work was actually doing so I think part of that for me, kind of led me to step away from the engineering career and really examine what would be valuable for me in my life. And something that I had always kind of found about the engineering field was that there was no creativity in it. I felt like I was, you know, just a monkey at my desk, like typing numbers into Excel. And it was, uh, I wanted to do something more creative. So then I started exploring the idea of going to architecture school to get into architecture school, I needed a portfolio. So then I started taking some night classes at uh, the Alberta College of Art and Design, which is now the Alberta University right. of the Arts. So I was taking some night classes there in graphic design and just like drawing and typography and that kind of stuff to build a portfolio. And I just fell in love with it. And the actual institution seemed awesome. It was smaller class sizes. Um, it was still a full bachelor's degree in design. So it just really seemed like a a good thing for me so that that, that's it. a pretty big shift though going from engineer to art student yeah there was, it was a big shift and I think you know I had some other extenuating circumstances going on that kind of really pushed me to to make a pretty drastic change like that um, I started having some health issues kind of near the tail end of that engineering stuff and uh, yeah I just think everything kind of culminating together I was, I was starting to get sick I was really unhappy with my career and I just really had to like evaluate my life and see what was good for me and what right. I wanted and I just wanted to do creative things and right. you know I just figured if I got into something that made me happy the rest would kind of like fall into place for me right uh, so yeah I started doing the design classes at uh, ACAD um, and then meanwhile I guess tangentially Brett had started the 
thinking about good lawyer. Right. Brett and I had actually been friends since we were like 14 years old. So okay. I've known Brett for a long time. Gotcha. We were, we were friends. We we're part of the same <laughs> friend circle, but we were a little more on the periphery right. for, for each other. And uh, yeah, he knew I was doing design school. Uh, I knew he was working on this startup in third year of design. I took a UX class, which was all about like designing right. apps and stuff. And that kind of like opened my eyes into this world of startups and apps and technology a bit more. And uh, around the same time, Brett asked me to do the logo for this tech company that he was kicking off the ground with uh, his friend Bodhi. So I did the logo for them. And then just these other things kind of kept coming back to me piecemeal. Right. It was, you know, can you also do this? Can yep. you also do that? And I think they yeah, you kinda, find someone who can help out. You're going to you're gonna yeah, go back to that well. Absolutely. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I kind of, that's how it escalated. Um, they just kept asking me to do more stuff. And right. I think they realized, you know, if we are going to do this for real, we're going to need a lot of design help. A hundred percent. In more than just like the logo and the brand, like there's a lot of stuff. So, right. Yeah, I just kind of got brought into the fold that way. Awesome. So when you switched from engineering, because again, I'm a lawyer by trade. And when I stepped away from the big firm, you know, a lot of people questioned that decision. I was working at a big firm at the time, getting paid better and better. And, and the end goal was, you know, I, I knew where I was going to head and it was very, it was good money, you know, it was good life. What, did you face any resistance from, you know, and not to try and throw your friends and family under the bus or anything like that, but was there resistance in your life when you did do that uh, decision? I think, no, not really. Okay, My good. family was like extremely supportive. Like I said, you know, I was also going through like health issues and right. stuff. So I think for them that all the other stuff, all the career stuff and all that was really just kind of like in the shadows. Right. That wasn't as important That's as good. other things. So it was a real blessing in disguise, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I was super supported by everyone. So yeah, That's I can't, good. I think I was probably the person who, who questioned it the most, you know. For sure. Yeah. And then going from that and then choosing a startup, like you really seem to be desiring job insecurity and low pay. <laughs> yeah, dude. And obviously yeah. the upside here is, the upside here is, is you know, hopefully big, but yeah. uh, you know, it's, it, again, you took another risk to go work at a startup. Yeah, totally. But again, I think this kind of comes back to the feeling of being a cog in the wheel and right. and running your startup is like you feel the potential just right. every day on everything you do. Like you feel the potential. You see the impacts. Like it's crazy to me when we see like, you know, every time we get a Google review, that's mm -hmm. like someone just saying how awesome the service was and like how much we helped them and mm -hmm. helped their business. It's just like, Yes. Right. Yes. Keeps you coming back. Totally. It keeps you coming back. And there's a lot of freedom. You know, I, I, I definitely get to call some shots. Right. Um, so yeah, that's just something that comes with a lot of the, a lot of the responsibility and a lot of the stress and work of a startup is you also get a ton of freedom and a ton yes. of reward and gratification from your work. So that's amazing. Yeah. So what, at what point did you join the company? Where was Good Lawyer at when you came on full time? So I came on to Good Lawyer. These guys had just done a uh, software like road mapping workshop and then they brought Parker on and they started building an MVP. And um, yeah, that's pretty much around the time where I came on was around the time they were building the MVP. So you were, you were here more or less from the beginning then? Like I guess the beginning of when things were getting real because uh, yeah. as with most startups, things, you know, the idea ticks along for a bit and then there's almost this jump off point where you, okay, yeah. we actually have to build this thing. I, yeah. I think Parker came on, it was around March of 2018 when he started. And I started in like June of 2018. Okay. So we were a few months apart. Um, 
and yeah, the guys were still at the firm at that point. Mm -hmm. And I was still like pretty invested in school and it was like, I wasn't quite on in like a full capacity at that point. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd say things really kicked off though, probably when uh, Brett and Bodhi left the firm. Right. And then that was like <laughs> full out good lawyer for pretty much the entire summer. And then I went back to school. I finished my last year of school. Right. Um, and then, yeah, the rest has been pretty much since right. April. We've been, I've been at least full time, full time. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and you, you touched on it a little bit before, but I'm curious, how does like when an idea for a product, obviously the good lawyer site or some aspect of it comes about, how does that happen at, at Good Lawyer? So like, do you guys sit down, uh, chat with each other? Does everyone have a say? Is someone ultimately in charge? And and then like, how do you interact with, you know, Brett, the CEO, or Parker, the CTO? How does how does that relationship work in a startup? Because as you mentioned before, you're wearing a lot of hats right now. Uh, and, and it seems like there's a, a fairly uh, intermixed, uh, decentralized yeah. type of, uh, of decision-making process. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think that really comes down to just startups and right. the people you start your startup with. Getting things done with Brett and getting things done with Parker are yeah. two very different processes. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, as you know. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it just comes down to having like really good relationships and strong communication skills with your with your co-founders and your team. Um, you know who's calling the shots and who's doing what. We're still at a pretty pretty early stage where we all kind of have enough uh, freedom I think and right. enough uh, enough responsibility that we can kind of all kind of chime in on what right. we think so I actually I said to Parker like the, the way I view your relationship is you're sort of and actually you kind of mentioned it earlier funny yeah. enough is you're kind of like the architect and he is the engineer funny you know in some ways where you know you're coming in with uh, you know here's the the, the, the idea that I want yeah. implemented and then actually it's kind of funny enough you actually being an engineer and then him saying hey is this yeah. actually possible or how are we actually gonna go totally. do that yeah yeah totally he's the nuts and bolts for sure right yeah um, yeah I, I feel sorry for Park sometimes he gets some uh, requests that are not necessarily always feasible but right yeah it takes like a champ he always is very good at explaining to me why what I want is not possible gotcha. <laughs> a lot of trust there yeah a lot <laughs> that's of trust. good um, in terms of like who makes the decisions and stuff, I mean, yeah, we all contribute. We all have ideas. Brett probably has a, a few more ideas than most people, but you know, we've all got ideas. We're all super open to taking criticism and like, you know, if someone, if someone tells you your idea is not good, sometimes you just got to take that, you know, and we can't get upset about it. And well, I think that's really important. How, how important is having that trust among the founding team? Because you're a co-founder, Parker's a co-founder, Brett's a co-founder. Uh, obviously, this came originally from Brett's yeah. Mad Max mind. Totally. Uh, but you guys have been there more or less from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, for someone who's looking to start a startup or someone who's in the game, like, is that, can you even build the product without having that degree of trust that you guys seem to have? Um, I don't think so. Honestly, it's really about knowing each other's skill sets and right. like knowing when to defer to the expertise of the other person, you know, right. like there are some times where, you know, there's something that I think is a feature that we really need because we've got evidence that people want it and like, you know, yeah. it might be difficult to build and Brett might want to do something else, but no, we got to do this and that's what <laughs> happens. And you know, there's sometimes that there's stuff me and Parker don't want to do and Brett has a really good case for why we need to do it and it happens and same with Parker. So, right. you know, we've all definitely got our, our seat at the table and our say at what happens and yeah, it's absolutely about 
trusting all of your co-founders and you know knowing when to defer to their expertise right yeah. so, so what part of the I maybe the product design but take this question any way you want what what part of what good lawyers built so far that you've been a heavy part of that you're most proud of I think it's the brand yeah mm. honestly it's like, a great brand like the the app and everything is is like awesome and it's it's like it's great and we get a lot of good feedback about it but like I think the thing that's like really setting us apart from like lawyers and big law is the brand right like it's a warm brand totally like lawyers right now if you're to think of like the brand of what a lawyer is harvey specter it's it's, it's not very good i mean (laughs) yeah you'd feel like an idiot talking to that guy i'm a lawyer and i'd feel like an idiot talking to that guy yeah Yeah. i mean and it's like you know i'm i'm lucky i've got lawyers in my family i've got friends who are lawyers so i know that lawyers are not like harvey specter but just the general depiction and like the general idea of what a lawyer is is not very positive so it's it's not but to your point the difference between Harvey Specter and a n- real lawyer is so vast. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? yeah. Harvey Specter is not a real person. Not, That's the thing, yeah. right? And like lawyers that work at big firms are often just overly tired, super stressed. They're not. They're not that, <laughs> like these guys pull all nighters and don't even blink. And you're like, that I know for a fact is not how it works. Totally you know? right. And like that's the thing is like it's it's like a lot of the a lot of the negative perception of lawyers is like falls on the shoulders of the lawyers. And that's not really fair right. because the problem is more with like the business of lawyers mm-hmm. and the way that that's you know, right. Great with point. like the retainers and the upfront pricing or the no upfront pricing and the surprise fees and all that stuff. It's not, that's not because lawyers are bad people. Yeah. That's because the business of law is not really good. Well, and so I think it's like, it's awesome for me, you know, coming back to the brand, it's like, I feel like we're rebranding lawyers. And for us to be able to change the way people think about lawyers and like want to engage lawyers for their, for their businesses and for their questions is like, that to me is like super, that's the thing I'm proud of. Uh, you know what? And I couldn't agree more. Um, having gone through law school, working at a big shop, you don't, as a lawyer, you're just part of the system. Like, you know, you, and if you don't play, you're out, you know? And so to your point that even if you were a lawyer that wanted to change things, how things were done to change that this system, there's so much inertia there. Uh, it's, it's next to impossible. And I think that it does take something. And I know this is an overused word to disrupt, uh, an industry like this, but to give totally. the lawyers who just want to get off this carousel a, an opportunity and something realistic where they can actually go make a living and not play the the game in the way that it's been played for the last 50, 60 years. Totally. Because to your point, lawyers are good people, believe it or not. You know, they're, they're uh, smart, overworked, oftentimes very stressed out people, whether that be from having to find work or be, from being overworked, you know, and it depends on who it is and what the situation is. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely agree with you that that's really cool what's been built here. Totally. And like just that we can kind of make the, the conduit for that to happen. I mean, like if you look at a lot of the lawyers on the platform, especially the ones who are like the most successful, like those are the people who are at the big shops. And, you know, similar to Brett, we're like, this is not really that good and i think i can do this better on my own and they took a leap of faith and they left the big shops and they left the guaranteed big paychecks and whatever and you know they're doing it solo and yeah they're stressed and they're busy and they're working a lot but they're actually like helping people the way they want to help people and they're not tied down by the you know the structure of the billable hours and like all the stuff that happens at the big firms and like they're just genuinely like happier. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're still working a lot and they're busy and everything. But I think 
generally speaking, all the lawyers on Good Lawyer are like mm-hmm. pretty stoked. Yeah, no, we've been obviously getting uh, getting lawyers on the platform has not been one of our problems. So to your point, there. <laughs> yeah, no. So so switching gears a little bit here. Uh, there's a lot of podcasts or blogs or resources out there where you have you know CPOs, uh, product officers who have been involved in a successful company and have either exited or are the the company is now firmly established and they're looking back at their tenure on the company and painting it in you know rose colored glasses about how much of a genius they are. And I'm kidding, they <laughs> they offer great advice, you know. But but usually people who get interviewed are beyond the hump. Now, this, that is not good lawyer. Uh, we are obviously are still yeah. a startup. Like we are right in the fight. We're starting to get some real traction, which is yeah. super exciting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, someone who is in the grind, what advice would you have for anyone looking to build their own product? Uh, and if you had to do it all over again, is there anything that you would do differently? Like, is there anything that you'd say, hey, here's what we've done great. Here's what I would like to do a little bit differently in the future. Totally. If, or if I had to do it all over again. Great question. Great question. Um, and I'm sure this probably gets said, you know, time and time again, but like we built way too robust of a product right. at first launch. It was stupid. We could have tested it way better. We could have, you know, really figured out what people wanted and what people were going to use and like done a lot more discovery before we invested time in building a product and then testing it and getting all this feedback. You know, we could have, we could have built a lot less and gotten the same feedback and done it faster. So that's one thing I think we're doing better now and we're still working on getting better at, but is making, you know, discovery and like data informed decisions. So I think even just that is like, so critical and so difficult just setting up all of the all of the actual you know backend stuff that you need to to collect that data mm-hmm. you know god bless some of the other team members we've got because <laughs> you know if it weren't for if it weren't for grant and brock and some of those other growth guys i uh, we would def- we would still be i think floundering so you know advice to early startups would be make discovery informed decisions so mm-hmm. you know talk to your your who you think your customer is and mm-hmm. really figure out who your customer is and talk to them before you spend a bunch of time and money building something yeah. and then b um just set up early all the infrastructure that you need so that you can like quickly and easily collect and understand your data awesome now you obviously are also heavily on the branding side of things at good lawyer um where where would you start there if someone's looking to build their own company or maybe are in the midst of it too? Because again, branding's uh, difficult. So do you have any tips or tricks that uh, you'd say to those people responsible for that job? Yeah, branding is like branding is a very holistic thing. A lot of people think branding is just like you know your your logo and your your colors and your font and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's like branding is a is a really actually complex concept that has a ton of different variables. So if you want to know more about brand and how to have a great brand and really execute brand, um, there's a book. It's called A New Brand World by Scott Bedbury. So he was the the guy responsible for the Nike brand and Starbucks. Oh, he's, wow. he's got some really big big companies under his belt so that's a great book for discovering brand but if i was to say you know just a few like quick things you know figure out what you aren't first of all look at your competitors and look at what you aren't and find a way to differentiate yourself so you know if i bring that back to good lawyer look at look at lawyers and look at good lawyer we are a very stark contrast from from them and that helps us be distinguishable right so yeah don't just copy other brands that are doing good stuff. Find something that makes you unique and find a way to represent that. 
Amazing. No, that's great advice. And then, so just kind of jumping on to that in a related question, if you had to replace yourself tomorrow, let's say something happened and you had to hire yourself uh, to continue on this this responsibility, what type of characteristics would you look for, especially again in a startup context, doing the job that you're doing, what, what would make a good CPO? At this point, I'm not really sure what makes a good CPO, <laughs> but <laughs> I think what makes a good startup founder is someone who is just you know in it in it to see results you know they're in it to actually do something tangible and help people and like feel the impacts of their work right um organized you definitely got to be organized you definitely got to be um able to talk to people constantly be talking to your customers and collecting feedback be able to take rejection be able to take shitty criticism because it's going to happen it's going to happen a lot and you got to be able to take those those Absolutely. things that they give you and find, you know, the, the golden nuggets in there. You got to be okay with probably not sleeping as much as you should be. Um, <laughs> you got to be okay with uh, sacrificing some things, you know, you're not going to have as much time to, to see friends and right. be fit and, you know, do all this other stuff. Obviously, you got to find time for it right. too. So I No, no, know. that's good. It's, uh, you know, I think, I think hitting on on it understanding and correct me if i'm wrong here but understanding that no matter what your title is titles are almost not meaningless at in startups but they're 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 not super defined and i think having to be able to wear a bunch of different hats having to work with people having to accept criticism having to have that honest conversation obviously you got to bring in the technical skills as well in whatever role it is that you're doing uh, but you know, just having that mindset coming in that you know this is going to be a bit of a battle. Totally. Don't get me wrong, but you know, one of the exciting things about being busy is that you really get to define what's important in your life. In the sense that if something that you're spending a bunch of time on that it doesn't really make you better or make you happy or whatever, well, you're not going to have time for that anymore. So I found that the busier I get, the more I get to cut out the the fat that, frankly, I, I want cut out of my life anyways. Mm-hmm. And it just gets you a little bit focused in. So it, although, yes, it is a sacrifice to have to be on the ball all the time, I also find that it's a little bit clarifying and a little bit, uh, it almost, it, in some ways, it almost simplifies your life. I mean, there's, yeah, you, there's definitely an argument for that. It's pretty... It's pretty simple when your number one priority at right. all times has to be your business. Um, yes, you said it's good because it helps you, you know, cut some of the fat. Right. But you're going to have to cut some things away too <laughs> that aren't fat. You know, you might right. have to cut an arm or a leg off. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. I think that's important to know though yeah. before getting involved in a startup. It's, it's kind of hardcore. Totally. It, it definitely takes a lot. That Brett is a... Yeah, I know. He's a special man. I mean, I, I would be... I'd be lying if I said I worked as hard as Brett works for sure, but uh, he's possessed. He, he literally is possessed, <laughs> which is what it. you want in <laughs> yeah. CEO. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So, um, yeah. No, going back. Sorry. One skill that I think is Please. super underrated for yeah. designers, CPOs, is copywriting. I made a little LinkedIn about post about this uh, a couple weeks ago or last week, but man, it is like I said earlier in the podcast. It is incredible how essential it is to be a strong so writer, important. a good writer, be able to capture your brand voice, be able to put it on paper, have messaging that converts your website visitors. Like it's crazy, dude. Words, copywriting is yep. extremely powerful. A lot, you know, if you can have a, a chief product officer who's also a great writer and can audit all the website copy, your email copy, all that stuff, that's a key skill. Is, is that a skill that can be learned? 
Copywriting? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You there's, can practice and get better? Oh, yeah. There's, okay. there's so many good resources online for for getting better at copywriting. Well, we're actually getting right to that point in the conversation <laughs> again. One of my favorite parts, but uh, this is where I ask you if there's any resource, and you've already mentioned a couple, but let's maybe yeah. just uh, reiterate those. Uh, but if are there any resources that you have found along your way, whether that be books, movies, like podcasts, mm-hmm. whatever those are, that have been helpful to you, that have helped you get to this point that you think would be helpful to others uh, in a similar situation. Totally, yeah. So I think I mentioned, what did I mention earlier? Uh, it was the book about... Oh, oh yeah, the, A yeah. New Brand World, yeah. Scott Bedbury. Okay, that's a sick book for yeah. branding. Um, Masters of Scale, I've recently started listening to that one. That great one's book. also one of my great. favorites. I think those two just in general have, have such a diverse wealth of knowledge for startups, but more than anything, it just like gets the fire going. Yeah, it just exactly. gets you so like... It gets you so focused on being like, okay, this is what I need to do. It just gets you stoked about your right. own business. So great podcast. Yeah, yeah, I love those ones for motivation. Um, Any copywriting ones? Copywriting, Any- yeah. So there's a there's a, an awesome copywriter in Calgary. His name's Joel Kletke. I think okay. His website is businesscasualcopywriting.com. Um, yeah, he's got a newsletter. He's got some great blog posts, LinkedIn posts, and stuff. He's just really cheeky clever writer i really enjoy his stuff um and then i actually found this resource the other day so there's this website it's called productplan.com it's it's a software that you can buy to help you like manage your product haven't tried it yet (laughs) haven't even signed up for the trial but they have a resources page that is for product managers okay and it's just got everything it's got books podcasts blogs like webinars it's got so much stuff so that's productplan.com and it's the resource page so yeah Amazing. I've okay. been diving through there the last couple of days, and yeah, there's a wealth of knowledge. In perfect. There. So perfect. Yeah. Well, Tom, this has been great. Uh, any uh, any parting shots that uh, you want to get in before we go here? No, this was awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, I hope that I don't cringe too hard when I listen back to this later, but uh, yeah, it was good being here. As someone with a bit of experience in that, you probably will. The first time you hear your voice, there's no avoiding it, but you do get used to it. So, okay. uh, and don't worry, we'll uh, we'll make sure that you come out as pretty as possible. Yeah, make here. me sound handsome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. A face for radio, just yeah. like me. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, no, this was awesome. Uh, and I hope we can do it again in, in maybe a year or so, uh, get another update. And, and hopefully Good Lawyer is uh, really getting that traction at that time and off to the races. Yeah, I would love that. I hope I can answer some more detailed questions yeah. about what a chief product officer is. But, yeah, <laughs> you know I what? I think it. that was a great uh, explanation that, you, you know, you're, yeah, whatever your title is, get ready to... Y- do a lot of different things that may not even be in your wheelhouse. You got to solve problems yeah. at a startup, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, no, that was excellent. Really appreciate it. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, so always, uh, always good, especially on a Saturday, taking the time to do it. And uh, obviously, I'll be seeing you soon. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Tom for being on the show. If you like what you heard, please download, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, we hope you all have a great week.